Hey Manifestors, welcome to Montego Nights, the only manifest podcast hosted by the actual passengers of Montego 828. I'm Terrence Chen. And I'm Brandy Larkin. And our special guest today is Trisha Williams, the costumer for um, Manifest. And how you doing, Trisha? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so welcome <laughs> aboard. Uh, Do you watch episode 15? I did. So, do you feel like you're ready to dive right in? I am. All right. All right, let's do this then. I'm excited. <laughs> so, I think ev- the thing that everyone was waiting for was after that cliffhanger from episode 14 right? with Zombie Dude. Right, Griffin. Yeah. Or James Griffin, technically, but we His, call him Griffin. It's Griffin. It's Griffin. Um, the first thing was a flashback to the actual robbery. Right, right? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, yeah, they're coming out to the van and uh, Griffin single-handedly takes out the other two guys and rolls off with the money. Yeah, cold-blooded. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then that kind of brings us immediately back into it. And the thing that everyone kind of is like, how is this guy still alive and not eaten literally by the fishes? Like, he's been in the water for, what they say, 80 hours, something like that? 80 hours. And actually, they figured out that he was in the hours or in the water for exactly 82 Hours and eight minutes. Oh, oh nonsense. Just to Hot. bring that back around, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just to bring it back around. But, so that kind of is, that's insane. Yeah. Right? That's absolutely insane. There's insane. no way that he should be alive. Right. And this is my question, right? Every single time beforehand, there's been dark lightning something. Mm-hmm. Was there something that day? We don't know yet, right? Do they reference that? Uh, there is nothing that day to my recollection. Right. Yeah. And this is what I'm convinced too. Like, okay, they that all happened. But do you remember the drawing with Cal with the table of money? I do. There's still money in the back. That's right. Like, I, I'm, I'm still, no, I'm, I'm still waiting for that. Legit, Cal draws the future. Yeah. I mean, this is what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, East, what was it, East River for four days, guys? Yeah. Or like, the, the money's gone. It doesn't dissolve. It's it does, yeah. But it's yeah. like, it's floating down the East River. No, the, well, it's the, in the bags, happens, don't you think? If you happen to fish, maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a done deal. Uh, it, but, so, anyways. There's never uh, been so many scuba diving New, York's, yeah, right. New Yorkers, man. So, anyways, everyone's amazing. He's alive. And Michaela pulls a fast one and diverts uh, diverts the ambulance to the hospital where Sambi works. That's right. Smart thinking. Yep. So, Sambi can try to get some readings and everything. And... Let's also, I like how, you know, the show takes a beat, and I want to take a quick kind of side side note here, but how they treat Zombie's kind of reaction to the trauma of her being held up and, you know, almost killed at gunpoint. I think yeah, that was... they really don't, it's almost like they just, like, oh, well, she's safe, and then they try to skip on a little bit, right? But, but... I, I actually really like that in this next episode, she's suffering from, like, that's a very traumatic event. Right, that's, like, legit reason to have PTSD. Yeah. You know? And I, I like how they really just bring it, and it shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's trying to cover it up, but I really like how they portray it. And, because I, I feel it's a really realistic portrayal. Because how many times have you seen a TV show, like, this traumatic thing happened, and the next episode, I'm fine, and I can handle yeah. everything. Like, right, yeah. like, it rolls off their back, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think Parveen does a really good job of um, allowing Sanvi to, like, live in that moment. And uh, the way she portrays, like, she kind of has it together when she's with people, but the minute that she, you know, gets separated and she's yeah. alone, she breaks. Yeah. Um, and I think Parveen really nails um, what that looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was a really important thing that I'm glad that they carried through the episode. Um, but let's kind of snap back to um, Griffin. And so 
obviously, I think the first scene kind of establishes that he's a bad dude, right? right? <laughs> like, yeah. he is straight up cold-blooded. Like, just, he does not care. Like, this is his thing. And he has a calling right there on the stretcher in the ER. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think this is a little, like, a bit of, like, brilliant writing that he has the wherewithal to figure out that he has leverage, even in that position of him almost right. being half dead. Yep. I mean, you know, a shark is a shark, right? Yeah. So, um, and I think he's legitimately a bad guy. Yeah. And he is going to come, you know, hell or high water, figure out how to make this uh, moment work out for himself. Yeah. And I-, I love it when they have an intelligent bad guy. You know what right. I mean? I hate when the bad guy's like, I'm going to tell you my secret plan. And then here's how you stop me. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I-, I get you can't stop me now. No, he's like, no, I'm a bad guy. I'm smart. I'm a career criminal. Right. And here's how I'm going to walk out of this. Mm-hmm. And thank you for giving this to me. But I do have to ask, do you really think that the FBI would be that quick to allow him out of two murders and a bank robbery well, because he has this information? Versus hundreds of, of lives? That's an, that's an easy, I think that's an easy choice. Yeah. Well, I also think that uh, in the situation with Griffin is that they already had, because they say early in their episode that they already had a uh, info, yeah. a warning mm-hmm. about something going that's down. That's true. So it's right. kind no, of like, about that. we've already gotten this part. He obviously knows what's happening, so... He's got need... our missing pieces, right? Exactly. Right. And, you know, Griffin's history also in the episode establishes that he uses people. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he hired a crew for that bank job and he ends up shooting the both of them because he used them just for the job and then when he was done with them he was done with them so I feel Mm -hmm. like that's just his MO yeah and you know I don't want to like spoil our conversation for later but we'll get Mm -hmm. into a little bit more like how he also used somebody else yeah um, (laughs) and just to further on his kind of his MO Mm -hmm. and so while all that's happening we get uh, Zeke showing up in the hospital oh yeah that's right along with Ben uh-huh. And, and I and think, Jared. And Jared. I think and as we predicted, the Jared, Zeke, Michaela thing comes up. Right. Like, we saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Um, and JR, I just want to say, jealousy does not look good on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think it's really interesting because we have two very – it's a love triangle. Let's be honest. Yep. It's, it is what it is. But Jared and Michaela – they have a deep love for each other, and that's been okay. That's been established, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? But now we literally have fate telling Michaela and Zeke that they are meant to be something together. Literally, mm-hmm. right? Right. That is literally what they're saying. They are being drawn together yeah, so by you, some greater yeah, power. Right. So you have the figurative. We're supposed to be together. Fate told us so. You like. They brought you back versus, hey, this power that brought you back says you should be with this person for some reason. Right. Right? So I think that's pretty interesting. No, and I absolutely understand where Jared's coming from. I mean, he's already trying to figure out his relationship with Michaela because it's suddenly even more complicated than it was to start with. Um, And now he has competition, or at least what seems like competition. Yeah, I'm sure he's completely spinning out. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, in in my opinion from watching the episodes, I feel like it may not be that Zeke and Michaela are meant to be together because you have to remember the fact that they're being brought together because of a higher power. We haven't figured this out yet, the callings, you know what I mean? And it's been established that Griffin coming in as and having his own calling, it doesn't mean that they necessarily are going to be 
the kind of people that should be involved or should mm-hmm. have this situation. So we don't know what Zeke's angle is yet. No, we don't. But, but we don't. And but, Jared is also bringing that into play, where he's like, you know, if everybody has a calling, are you going to be drawn to all these people? Like he's bringing up a very good point. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that just because they have a calling means that they're the right people to be involved with. No, you're right. Uh, Michaela is very much a loyal lion when it comes to the callings. You yes. know, right. The minute she gets one, she's on it like a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think Jared is right to ask her that that hard question, and you know, Michaela doesn't really. Engage no. uh, when he asks her that. Yeah. Here, here's my question: Do you think Michaela is attracted to Zeke, and do you think Zeke is attracted to Michaela? I think, and maybe it's just screen chemistry. I think there's a little something. I'm not sure what, but I see something. I mean, I have to agree with that one. I mean, you're not going to invite a man to stay with you unless there's something there, because she could have easily put him up in a hotel. It's not that big of a deal. Mm. But I feel like you know her inviting him into her home and. You know, here are the clothes. Like, it's very personal. So I feel like, yes, she probably is a bit attracted. And I also think that that involves that they have been involved in similar situations. Right. Where, like, There's I, a closeness. Can, yeah. I can relate to this person where Jared, who hasn't been in that situation, cannot relate. So, of course, you're going to be more attracted to the person that understands you as opposed to the person that doesn't know where you're coming from. I think it's really interesting, too, because... I feel now the Michaela Jared relationship is very similar to the Grace and Ben relationship, right? Because now they both know, okay, our significant other is going through callings, mm-hmm. right? But it's how they approach them. I feel like Grace is has embraced the whole like I get it. Yeah, this no, is, she's all in, right? Yeah, like this is this is something that's happening to my family, and I need to understand it, and I want to be a part of understanding it. Mm-hmm. Where Jared's still, I think, very much like poking and prodding at this whole idea of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting to see those two parallels going going forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It just kind of makes you wonder, like, which one is the storyline going to follow? Right. And I think in this episode, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Cal's just building a little wooden thing the entire time, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's building his little Art the Dragon yeah, yeah. Uh, popsicle stick and, figurine. But there's no drawing, there's no nothing. No, no. there isn't. But, and again, I'm, we're kind of jumping around all over the place, but I think he's looking at that dragon a little too intently, don't you think? He It does seem to be something a little bigger, especially, I mean, like you said, we're jumping around, but at the very end, yeah. when he's in his bedroom with Olive, you know, I mean, the look that he had on his face was very much not, I'm engaged in this moment with my sister. It was very much, I'm seeing something. And he's seeing, and he's looking at the dragon, right? right? Yeah. Okay, that, cause that's, what, that's what I thought was going on but I wasn't sure I wanted to that's what I that was my interpretation of that scene anyway so. what do you think Trish do what... uh I agree <laughs> <laughs> sweet yeah. there are just I mean you know there's a lot to come guys it's exciting there's one more episode <laughs> there's there one more episode but that yeah. you know one last episode is gonna knock yeah. your socks off I feel like it's it's super exciting and everybody's gonna yeah we can't it. wait to see yeah. how it plays out I Jeff know. told yeah. us a little bit and yeah, well, I, my be, head is still spinning on yeah, it it's, so it's, well, we, we actually can't wait for you guys to watch last episode so one you can probably listen to what we were talking about with Jeff and um we kind of want to see where this climax is at the, you know, for the for this for season one and yeah, hopefully a season two we can see what's, what goes further. But yeah. let's snap back to the story. Yes. Um. So I feel we touched on the triangle, which we touched on zombie, but I feel like the meat of this episode was Griffin. Yeah, was absolutely. Griffin and Michaela, yep. right? Mm-hmm. 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 So I think that sets up that classic interrogation room, like 
let's get this out of them, you know? Right, and and it's uh, even more heightened because the FBI is kind of breathing down their neck and Michaela's aware that he might get off scot-free because of the information that he has about the callings for which she accidentally, unintendingly gave to him. Because I think if she had not have told him about what ha- what the callings were in that hospital bed, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have known what was going on. But I think that also plays into her character where she's a little bit too eager when it comes to the right. Yes. yes. Eager, eager beaver, right? Yeah. yeah because and, that would not, I mean, my father is an NYPD detective and I can tell you right now that he would not lay out all his cards <laughs> really quickly. So I feel like, yeah, she's, she's definitely too close to the entire situation. And I feel like that kind of bends her judgment sometimes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting too, is that I think it was Ben that said it. It's like, for for the kind of duration of the season so far, they've just assumed everyone with a calling needs help mm-hmm. or will be a good person. Right, they have. And we talked <laughs> on this a couple episodes ago that we were like, is everybody that gets a calling going to be good? This right. doesn't seem Mm-mm. like how it would really play out in real right. life. And so finally we see that, no, it, is, it isn't about the calling. It's about well, how you use it. Right. And not only that too, but... I think the first person that, you know, kind of seemed shady about it was the guy who started, who was Adrian, who started the church last episode, right? right? Yes. yes. But w- did we, does he have callings? No, or do we no, know? he doesn't. The, he church, doesn't right? the church was not a calling. That was right, more that was of him, like, right. that was just him. It I was think. him trying to figure out what do I do with myself now that I'm back? I really don't have anything. Let me create something right. for myself. Yeah. But, but he hasn't experienced a calling. No, right? no. He, yeah, he is. He was on the flight, but he didn't. So he, on that spectrum of like very sensitive to nonsense at all, he's on the not sensitive side. Right. You know, and for now, correct for mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that kind of at the end there, where Griffin is like, I just love how he. I really hope he's around for season two and like continues to be. Yeah, a, he's kind a of villain. a dark character that you know. That I think the episodes really have been needing. Uh, yeah. Besides Agent Jansen, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but I, I feel like like Griffin is that, and I'm not sure if he's the wolf yet. I'm not. I, I think that's what they're strongly implying. Agreed. But again, not sure because it's very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But if he like, I feel to have a villain like that, great. Yeah. Because he has a presence. You yeah. know what I mean, like mm-hmm. you can definitely like yes, they centered the episode around him, but. Also, the actor involved draws you in there. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think his character is a really strong antagonist right. um, that the show really kind of needed. And it's kind of been put in at just the right time. Yeah. I think one of the most important parts of the episode is when uh, Ben Stone is having that conversation with his wife. And he brings up the line where he says, it's showing us that the callings can not only be used for good, but also for evil. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that's basically what they're bringing into this episode that you know there are other people that are having uh these situations where they're coming back and they may not all be good right Mm -hmm. so i think that's the realization that we're coming to in this episode that here we are with our first person who has a calling but they're using it to their advantage which is not a good thing right and here's the thing too the question is do you think he would have let hundreds of people die if he didn't get off scot free? Yes. Yeah, I think. And, he and would that's have. And, and, and that's the thing too. Like, and yeah. that's actually a really, that's a really cool thing to, to play off of. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, someone's that cold that like, I don't care about right. anything. And I think that's what 
the whole Michaela interrogation part implies also because you get that idea right off the back at the bank robbery where you know he hires his crew as soon as they put the money in the van he kills them all off he's done with them Mm -hmm. so he basically just does not keep himself close to anyone right so the whole point of the interrogation is finding out Michaela finds out who is that one person that he was close to and how can I use that to tap into him? Right, right. which then segues into kind of the Stone family and their mm-hmm. home. And it's so it's Grace, Ben, and Olive. And so we get to actually finally see Olive, you know, really kind of starting to dive in with the Stone family in mm-hmm. helping Michaela dig up dirt on Griffin. I like how they're going full beautiful mind with the, yeah, the yarn. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the yarn and yeah. the boards and the pictures yeah. and... Also, the Reddit. Can, I, can I say the dig on MySpace was incredible? That was, that was oh my god, oh my god, I loved that. I fell out the yeah. way back it. machine. Yeah, yeah. We were like, uh, you know, there was this thing called MySpace, and I'm like, oh lord, these children will never understand. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> thank, thank God I did not have a MySpace page, but I know pretty much everyone in high school did, and I'm like, oh god. Yeah. Oh, I definitely had a MySpace. I had one, and I, yeah, I just. And I definitely put up pictures that I should not have put up. So it's like, I guess I'll be glad those are gone. If ever there was a reason to look up MySpace, (laughs) I have one now. Um, No, but you know what I love about this episode, especially with the Stone family, I feel like it's truly showing how they've come full circle. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? The beginning of the season, it's like, oh my God, you guys are alive. We love you. We love you. We're so glad to see you back. And then you see that struggle, that push and pull of trying to bring these two people that have been gone for this amount of time back into the lives that these two other people have already established. Right. And you see that struggle and how they've broken apart. And here we are now where they've come full circle where they're back together. They're, everybody knows everyone's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're working together to work out this entire situation as a family. So right. I feel like that's beautiful to see also. Yeah, in the very beginning, they were so fractured. And like, you know, Grace even says, you know, in just this last episode, I'm so glad we're a family again. Yeah. Right. And that is legitimately what's happened. And it's transferring to screen. And mm-hmm. I think not only that too, but I'm pretty sure they've said I love you, you know, definitely in seasons past. But I think this is the first time where I'm like, okay, this... I, I'm, I'm finally feeling I'm yeah getting, I believe it's know? believable now yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I think I've I'm fully team Ben now you know like like because oh, I'm totally yeah. team Ben and Grace you yeah. can't yeah. not yeah. root I, for love there I mean, are people that are rooting for Danny but I'm sorry I'm yeah. not well, I, to be no, fair, we were yeah, in the beginning, and we, you know, we actually were. had a listener yeah. kind of call us out on it, and he was legitimately right. We had been giving Danny like all the love, yeah. and it wasn't really until episode eleven when I when I yeah. started to really buy into the Grace I definitely think love story. The back yeah. half of the season is where the Ben and Grace relationship really comes into full bloom. Yes, you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. in the beginning it was very much, and I understand there's going to be struggle, there's going to be friction, but I think it went on a little bit too long. No, I think finally when the dam breaks, like, this is what's been happening to us. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Mm-hmm. And she takes that leap of faith to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, and this I'm, is this is happening. And so, you know. I'm definitely shipping Ben and Grace. Is that what the kids are saying now? Shipping? I, I'm not a kid. I'm sorry, so, what? Yeah. I feel like kids, that's the word now. Shipping. It's called <laughs> shipping. Have you heard this? Nope. Fill me so in. So, I <laughs> ship... Ben and I have a, like a 16 year old sister she keeps me up on the <laughs> she keeps you. but shipping I don't know but all right parents like, listen in tight yeah. shipping is like you want them to be together or you like this particular I'm guessing thing, it's I short guess. for relationship I'm sure I hope a listener can fully define <laughs> oh, this for well, us, all right. that's what I've heard yeah. okay well yes they are then by yeah, that so, construct shipping yeah you hear these young whippersnappers you, you want to explain to us what shipping is you hear um <laughs> 
Thank you for bringing that little uh, tidbit to us today. So, you are welcome. But to, to bring it back to kind of the main point of the episode where now Griffin, they're trying to, you know, put the heat on Griffin. Yeah, they're digging up the info, right? And they're, they bring up his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so his brother turns out, um, you know, they were both in foster families and kind of shipped around uh, a little bit and got into quite a bit of trouble together. Um, and then we find out, um, you know, thanks to Olive in the Wayback Machine, um, <laughs> they, they actually locate the foster mom. Right. Uh, for which Grace willingly goes and speaks to to get more information about Griffin. And mm-hmm. basically... Surprise, surprise, Griffin's a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, which we kind of already realized. And he's been that way since he was young. Born mm-hmm. a bad egg. Yeah. Um, and basically what happens is he used his brother mm-hmm. to, correct me if I'm wrong, to basically avoid prison Yep. and take the rap for something that he did. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and then his brother ends up, and it was, and to be clear, like his brother was the only person that he was ever really... I feel like attached to. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was only really his only his his only grounding relationship. And once that was done, he was basically he had they had no presence to kind of hold him back anymore. Right. Absolutely. Because his brother ended up dying in prison mm-hmm. um, as a result of him selling him out of Griffin selling him out. Yeah. So uh, and his brother's name was Devin Carrick, by yeah. the way. And so, essentially, that brings us back to the interrogation room where, I think. Mikhail definitely elicits a lot of emotion out of Griffin. Right. Right? Yeah. But. Not that much. <laughs> well, more, more than, than you would right, think. Yeah. Someone of his type. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't crack. No. No, no he's, he's full in at this point. I mean, what does he have to lose? Right. He's going he ha- to jail. He literally has nothing to lose because right. he already lost what he could have lost. Right. So he's pretty much a man with nothing. He's no, he's soulless. No, exactly. and I, I, I do like how, you know, they have it as Mikhail failed. I think this is the first time where she fails a calling, theoretically. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, like, I she, like, she has, like she has to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like not only yes. her ideals, but her morals in order to kind of fix the bigger problem. Right. And yes. she made a mistake and she couldn't correct it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's the first time in the show where that's happened. Because she's misinterpreted the callings before. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's never just up and up failed. You know, so I think this is definitely an interesting take where... She's not in a good position. But I mean, I know I know you say that she failed. She failed in that Griffin gets off scot-free, right? right? <clears throat> but ultimately, they did find the bomb. Correct. But not because of her. It's in spite it's of in her. It's in spite of her, right. Right, which is a big difference. You're right. Because if she didn't exist, then maybe their lives would have been easier. But on the, on the other hand, they might not have found the bomb. Yes. So it's, it is kind of a if-then situation but i also feel like this situation was created to teach them a lesson you know what i mean like all this time since the beginning it's kind of like oh these callings are for us you know it's been like this exclusive club and like right you know they played off of that and now they're learning this lesson that it's no longer that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you are going to have people that are going to compromise this and you guys are going to have to be more careful yeah or you're going to have to see how this plays out and the people that you're going to be dealing with in the future I think that kind of brings it around full circle, and basically, they find out the bombs at Times Square, 
And, uh, oh, we, we're missing one big point, though. Which is? Um, we haven't really talked about Zeke and his oh. sordid history. Mm. Um, uh. There's something more there, you know. Uh. Um, and mm. they touch on it a little bit at the precinct when Michaela goes in and basically releases him out of the jail cell. Right. Um, which does not make Jared happy. Yeah. Um, of course not. But. Um, I have to say, I'm not a fan of Zeke. Not a fan? No. I can't. I'm neutral on him right now. I can't figure out how I feel. Um, I know. He's been into something. You know right. what I mean? Like, well, again, something dirty. Th- that's fine, but just be clear with your motivations. Right. You know what I mean? Especially for someone that's already kind of brought... Like, I'm fine if he doesn't tell Jared anything, but tell Michaela. Like, just be straight. Right. And I also feel like Zeke is not behaving in the normal manner that a person in his position would be. Yes, you know 100%. What I mean? right. He's 100%. been missing for a year. So right. in a, Which is know, a long time. Going back to the pilot and you see that beautiful scene where Athena is literally sprinting across uh the runway, I guess, to get to her family. Right, yeah. right. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like you have been away from the people that you love for a year. That should be the first thing on your mind. Right. And that has never been a priority for him. Right. So right. that should that should tell you a lot about him and his history of what he's coming from. Right. It's very interesting to see where that's going to go. Yeah, like who, after being, you know, whatever, away for yeah. a year, um, goes and breaks into their mom's house. That's, yeah. That's really, yeah. That's really sideways. What is going on You know, on that's here? shady. Yeah. Um, because he wants to make sure she's okay before he reintroduces himself. Yeah. Like, had, what they, did you do, man? They had cell phones a year ago, okay? So, right. get, like, get out of here. Yeah. And right. I'm sorry, but nobody in 2019 is leaving their key under mm. the doorman. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, yeah. really? This Stop is right New York here. City. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like, New Let's Yorkers are smart. That is not, not under where the that doorman, key is going. Not under the plant. Like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but okay. We get you. Yeah. But yeah. Class it up, Zeke. Class it up. All right. So now, now we get to the end. They. Disarm the bomb in mm-hmm. the hot dog car, which was the jankiest looking bomb ever. <laughs> that, it was pretty tiny. Yeah. It wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so as that's happening, hey, we disabled it. Good thing you chose the right wire. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. Ooh, tension. Um, yeah, that'd be an amazing end of the episode. <laughs> Boom. Whoop. Well, <laughs> our main characters are gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also, just like real quick, did anybody else notice how close the pedestrians were still standing to that hot yeah. dog cart? Yeah. Don't you think they would clear the air? I mean, the Listen, ent- all of Times Square. Guys, it's Times Square. You you don't understand. Like, let's even take it back to like the production side of it. Like, even trying to clear people oh to God. film a yeah, scene that's... in Times Square uh, yeah, is I'm like sure it's impossible. a yeah. struggle. Like, what time did you shoot that so scene? Do you remember? It was like it was definitely nighttime. We had we spent fourteen hours in Times Square. Well, between because it was like we had done the the scene with the bank, and then we had moved on to the scene in Times Square. So it was definitely nighttime, but it was definitely like a super long day. No, yeah, but it was all exterior. All exterior. All exterior, and it's freezing Freezing. cold. (laughs) And it was right after New Year's. So so Times Square is just booming, and it was just a lot of a lot of there was a it was a struggle. So the, the, the the three of us are all based in New York, and. We've all done shoots and mm-hmm. shooting in time. Like, yeah. Listen, the reason why you shoot in New York is because you have these iconic locations where you yeah. can't really shoot. You can't shoot. duplicate it. Yeah. But That's true. with Times Square, it's you actually only get this really small area in the middle you yeah. that, that, that you can get, yes, actually get a permit for. The little for. triangle yeah. right there and in the middle. You have no idea. As soon as you do that and they see cameras, people from oh, every. They flock. They, yeah. they just. It's, <laughs> they just pour out of the hotels. Yeah. The, they and just they, flock. And not only that, too, but. 
all the cameras go up, all your phones go up. Everyone wants yeah. to get a snippet of something. Yeah. They have no idea what it is. Right. No. And they have no idea what the story is. But it all... could be like a toothpaste commercial. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. And all, and all it is is, and we've all experienced it. It's just yes. like people will take photos. And I, I, because I, I've done a shoot in Times Square multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can take a picture of me. This is going to get you nothing. Nothing. Because <laughs> right. I guarantee you, this face is not like, yeah. you, you're like you're not going to recognize me from anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I found my face mm-hmm. in John Wick tags from yeah. when we shot John Wick 3. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're just like, <laughs> this I'm is... like, guys, like, yeah. I'm the wrong guy for you. Yeah, but I will say, that, but that is part of the fun yeah, also. Yeah, it is. Because the energy that you also get on location is just, it's very different. Sure, I mean, there's a lot of film uh, shoots that go on here in New York on yeah. a daily basis. Right. So yeah. it is kind of the quintessential New York experience. Right. And it's, but that's... And we want to keep it that way, just side note. Yeah. You know, we yes. are struggling right now with our state and our government because they are looking into... Uh, possibly no longer going forward with the tax incentives. Tax breaks, yeah. And we need this. We you know what I mean? Production in New York is important. I can't say that loud enough. It's yeah. a huge We want to keep yeah. all of these wonderful films and all these wonderful TV shows here. And New York, again, you cannot get that anywhere else. And honestly, right. like it's a huge job creator. It really yeah. is. Oh, I mean, yeah. my God, please. Like, How many people do yeah. we mess with in one day? Like, yeah. No, and, and it's, not, it's not just like, you think like, act, no, it's not just actors. It's production on that yeah. like you need a small army really to get you really do done. and there were days where we had 350 background yeah mm-hmm. and that's just background right yeah. not to mention the crew so you know you're going upwards of like 600 people that you're employing a day yeah. so it's important. you know it's no it's incredible and honestly that's one of the things that i was learning coming into this industry was just what it takes and it's not like these people are just sitting around no like everyone is doing something right and unless everyone does, even down to you know brandy and i if we are not doing our jobs and we mess up a shot, you have to redo it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, there, no. like there's, there's nothing this is that not, you, have to, yeah. you know. Everybody loves to say that this is so glamorous, and I love it's it not. when I've worked. Like, <laughs> I love it when I've worked like 14 hours and we're outside and I can't feel my toes anymore. And I'm like, they said work in TV. Yeah. It would be fun. Yeah. Yep. No, it is a lot of fun. It is fun. It's it is hard work. Yeah. It's not no, it's as work. glamorous as everybody thinks. Right. It's a yeah. lot of hard work. So, and there's a lot of people doing it. So. Yeah. But uh, I think that kind of wraps up the episode, and yeah. obviously we have the wolf again, yeah, and the, the which they did yeah. such a good job. Yeah, that right? was yeah, that was definitely yeah. better better than the, the last episode. Yeah. Although I still wish we had, we had the real wolf. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so all I can say about the last episode is that I like that wolf because it remind it's very like it's a Jim Hensony wolf. Yeah. The last oh, okay. Episode, yeah. Right? Think yeah, about yeah. It. I never thought about it. It was way. very much a Jim Henson. I'm, you know, I grew up in that era of like, you know, Fraggle Rock and Jim Henson. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that wolf was very Jim Henson. Yeah. And then we come to this episode and the wolf is like, you know, evolved. Yeah. And now he's like scary. And I'm like, oh crap, he's in the middle of Times Square and he actually looks like he's about right, to attack yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. They did a very good job with that. I was no, very they, re- they really did. So yeah, yeah that storyline is not over and I can't wait to find out yeah, what season, that wolf listen, is connected to. One more episode left. I know. Finale, so. One episode so left guys and it's a dinger yeah, yeah so so listen we're we're excited um and we're still waiting for for news of season two hopefully right. so i think that kind of wraps up i'm i'm really anticipating to the, the next episode but mm-hmm. uh since we have trish here now we get a pick her brain about what's uh what's been going on behind the scenes oh, Lordy. so w- w- when did you start with manifest uh, I've been with Manifest since June, since so June. since the very beginning. So, yeah. so she didn't suffer with us on the pilot. 
No, right. I but, did not. No. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. no, I was not there yeah. in but, March when it was freezing cold. No, but I did get the <laughs> oh, opposite really side out. of it when out. we were in the airplane hangar in when was that? August. August. No, in it was, the, it was July. The blazing hot. Was no, July. July? July. Was it July? Yeah, because we started because production started up in July for for one hundred two. I just remember yeah. it was hotter it was than the blazing hot, and yeah. you guys had on winter clothing and coats, oh multiple God. layers of wool, and I was yeah. like, "Does everybody have water?" It was really bad. No, I still remember my hair was a helmet that. They need so much hairspray. So much hairspray. It was like ding ding yeah. because it was it was like yeah. nuts yeah. in there, and it's a hangar, so there's no air, and it's so so to put everything in you know plane perspective, Trisha was the one that was in charge of uh, the plane passengers, but specifically the Montego Twenty. So yes. whenever we'd be on set, she was the one that was making sure that we didn't look like doofuses. Yes, <laughs> but right. despite Which we appreciate. and making yeah. sure you were wearing the right thing. Yeah, despite our best efforts and um, <laughs> well, my best efforts. <laughs> Or Bo's best efforts. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a rule follower, guys. I'm the resident uh, rule follower. Yeah, so yeah. Brandy, I never get in trouble. Yeah, Brandy was never the one getting in trouble, but... No, Brandy, you never, did never get in Thank trouble. Thank you for noticing. I think it was more Bo... Uh, and Bo is like our, you know, our Montego 20, should I say baby? He's yeah, like yeah, the one we yeah, all have yeah. to keep an eye on. Because to be fair, we have two Bo's. We have yeah. Big, Big Bo, Bo, and Bo, then we have Baby, baby Bo. Bo. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be honest, I was the one helping Baby Bo be more of a troublemaker. You right. were, yeah. actually. Yeah. But, uh, if, if ever it's we funny couldn't... how you were never dirty or lost, but Bo was always dirty and lost. So. <laughs> always. So, okay, so, <laughs> so no, funny story. The last day of shooting, okay, for season one, at lunch, I, we're like, where's Bo? And, we, and I, I haven't seen him in a while. So he comes back and he just has like wetness down the left side of his costume. Yeah. I'm like, of his light gray button down shirt. Right. <laughs> Which you can see a mile away. Which he has been in since the pilot. Right. Mind you. So we're sitting there and we're like basically in between takes and Bo, of course, is eating because that's what Bo does. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see him like <laughs> sit back in his chair real fast and try to keep it together but he's freaking out and you and and for Bo any kind of freak out is a major deal okay this guy is so chill like it's crazy and I look over at him and I'm like oh you you're in trouble (laughs) and I immediately like run down the hall to find Trisha because I like Bo just dripped I what was it was a spaghetti sauce? It was, it was spaghetti. Barbecue sauce. Oh, oh, bar- barbecue, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue Down the front of his shirt and Down I knew the front of his shirt and, and he knew he was in trouble. Oh, and it's man. funny. You know what I love? I love that you guys knew that you were in trouble when that happened because it obviously has established that you know you're supposed to keep your clothes in check. <laughs> I mean I, I sort of laughed. I just I just sort of laughed. Like, oh you gotta go see <laughs> Trisha now. Uh, it's so we immediately um, started looking for a time. No, and, and, and this is the funniest part. I think Literally, on pretty much any other day, he would have been okay. But that day, they <laughs> shot him coming in and out of the bathroom with Cal. And, like, you you can't avoid that in a shot because not only that, but the afternoon shots were facing Bo. Yeah. So you would have seen literally his shirt just like, what is happening with you right now? <laughs> and I think it was, oh, even boy. if it was me, I think it would have been fine. Because I'm like, I, I think for that day, I was tucked away. Yeah. So it would have been fine, but... Oh my god! I, yeah, the minute I saw it, I was like, "Oh, you're in for it now." <laughs> oh, Bo! Uh, so I love my little baby Bo. So yeah. <laughs> um, so real quick, tell us. Um, so who's been your favorite character or characters to dress and why? 
Um, I would definitely have to say that uh, first of all, it would be my Montego Twenty. Yeah, yeah buddy. You know, you guys. I mean, I, let's be real. Whenever we shoot the plane, it's like sixty-five people, and I've been, <laughs> I've been in charge of like all sixty-five of you total. But I feel like you know, out of sixty-five people, they have chosen the most pleasant 65 people i could ever possibly imagine because <laughs> there's always out of 65 there's got to be one <laughs> uh, that listen, isn't so wonderful right maybe we can have another podcast episode but we've seen some crazies doing doing this like especially no don't get me wrong yeah. there are, yeah. but there, there's never been somebody that i'm like oh my god i don't want to deal with this person you not, know what not, i mean like they're all not not on this set on other no sets, no I've, but there's they've all been you guys have all been so wonderful and i have to say like you know out of the 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 few times that i worked with principals i would have to say that cal is just a dream because, you know any <laughs> he's actually boy, a really cool any guy. little child with a kid. cute face is fabulous that that dinosaur te- that dinosaur sweatshirt that he wears i actually want an adult size i mean come on <laughs> yeah i mean how can you not look at your that face and say oh my god what do you want anything anything you want that's awesome yeah and then um in terms of like wardrobe malfunctions what uh what's been like the best wardrobe malfunction that's happened on manifest season one um Bo. no <laughs> um i'd have to say i mean especially with this past episode the bomb the like bomb suits that we had to dress these gentlemen in to Uh defuse this bomb i mean they did a fabulous donna maloney who is our designer uh sigay white robinson who is our assistant designer and barnaby smith who is our wardrobe supervisor did an amazing job of sourcing these suits and making them look as realistic as possible okay um you know, but these suits are a lot of pieces. <laughs> Which surprises me. I guess I always assumed that they just came as one big piece no, and you not just like, stepped it's like, into it like a moon like, suit. No. And even a moon suit, <clears throat> I think, is a bunch of different pieces. Like, you know, it's a lot of like, you know, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, a lot of putting pieces together. And uh, it involves a lot of people. Like, I think it took two each or three each to dress each man. For like a what a three minute scene like not even I mean for yeah. on screen it's three minutes oh yeah yeah, yeah. in real life it was not yeah three yeah minutes. that's <laughs> what I'm saying like, like yeah stepping to the once you step onto the production side of things I can tell you it is night and day what you see on screen versus yeah. the effort that it takes to put something on screen yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's like you know we had a fun time with them you know we have one older gentleman I mean and for these people that don't know these were actual real uh, bomb guys bomb oh squad. wow oh, they okay. were real bomb squad so they were not fakes they actually do this job for a living and the the kid that they actually do the close up on we nicknamed him baby bomber which is probably a horrible nickname <laughs> <laughs> but he's like 23 years old wow he's a young kid that's a lot of pressure but it's he's a legacy his father is also in this business um so uh we had a lot of fun with them they were really cool they were knowledgeable they knew what you know what goes where here goes there this goes that you know Mm -hmm. um there were a few complications getting them dressed so what happened like we had the one guy because they wear these like again there's multiple layers and one of them happens to be like this diaper looking thing Okay. You know, you step into it, it looks like a diaper and it sits above, you know, to, to protect the certain areas. Right. The yeah. regions. Yeah. The regions. Um, <laughs> and I think at one point, like one of the gentlemen, he had put his, or it was on backwards at some point. <laughs> so we were like, why is his butt looking kind of droopy? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come off on camera, but we're like, wait a minute. I think this is like in the wrong direction. But I mean, as long what as it's protecting things? the area, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> No, I think I was cold that day. Oh yeah, I bet otherwise they were the warmest people. Up. 
Yeah, yeah. I think they appreciated that that they had a lot of layers on because it was freezing cold and we were outside for a very long time. Yeah. So it was a, it was an interesting day, is all I can say. And it was again a lot of fun because again these guys are actual bomb squad. The police that are also in the scene that are clearing the crowd are also actually NYPD. Okay. Oh wow! Um, I found out that my dad actually knew some of them. So <laughs> it was kind of like they That's were extended fun. family. So you know we had a lot of fun that day. It was yeah. a lot of fun. It was cold, but it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there, do you have anything coming up uh, now that Manifest is wrapped for season one? Um, you know, there's always things on the horizon, you know, as a costumer in New York, you kind of bounce around from show to show, which is a lot of fun because you're always, you have new challenges and new things to work on. And, um, there's a couple of things in the future that I'm excited about and, uh, but you can't tell us yet. No. Yeah, you see, like this see is how that works. Yeah, you it's, see, yeah, everyone's got this uh, something they're working on. You got some. It's little, a little, secret. It's all about special, that hustle. Yeah, all about that hustle. It is sauce. all about that hustle. But you know, you gotta give. You gotta keep them coming. You gotta, like, okay, it's coming, but I can't tell you quite yet. All right. All right. So Trish, if they want to follow you on social media, what's the best way for them to reach you? Oh lordy. Um, I would say my Instagram. I am Miss N Y Cole Williams, and that's uh. You know, M I S S N Y C O L E Williams. It's M S. No, it's right? M S. Yeah. Oh my God, Lord! Ms. Do you see Ms. how bad I am? Right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna correct her Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> at M S N Y C O L E Williams. Williams. This is why I love you guys. You just, you just keep me in check. I love it. We're like a family. Yeah. You're like, is... no, mom, that's wrong. <laughs> we've we've worked together for way too long. Yeah, we have. I never want to see her again. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Brandy, how can we find you? And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandy R. Larkin. And you can find me, Terrence, on Twitter and Instagram at Errant Bachelor. That kind of wraps it up for us. We're super excited for the season one finale. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, and don't forget, after our recap episode, we have our interview with Jeff Rake to drop. That's right, You won't want to miss that. You will not. It's awesome. Yeah, so guys, thank you for listening. And uh, as always, thanks for giving us permission to land. Peace.